1: Welcome back,
0: guys. Welcome back to silliness and nonsense and everything else. I hope you're having a wonderful summer. Mm-hmm. I hope you haven't had any tornadoes like we have. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's been kind of crazy weather the last couple of weeks here. So yeah, my dogs have their thunder shirts on just all
1: the time now, all the time. <laughs> I have a feeling that um, Otis will not be pleased with the fireworks that are coming in the week. So mm.
0: yeah. And yeah. although this will be released a week after the 4th of July, rest assured dear listeners that fireworks will still be going off by then. So year round, <laughs> you're fucking round. Someone please explain to me the novelty of setting them off all the time, like once or twice a
1: year I get, but every night, I mean, there's other ways to enjoy childhood. But once again, right, you can do all kinds of things, do drugs. So That'll that'll be better. <laughs> that doesn't affect me if you do drugs out right? in the world. Like, your fireworks do affect me. Correct. Do drugs mm. in the privacy of your own home,
0: please. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, we're keeping with the kind of weird, not as fluffy, but kind of weird today. Today, we're going to talk about Plagues and Pleasures of the Salton Sea. This was done in 2004. Although Amazon said it was 2006, so.
1: Yeah, that's what I had. Yeah.
0: Take that how you will. It's an hour and 14 minutes long. I bought it on Amazon because it was the same price as Aaron McCart renting it twice on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's directed by Chris Metzler and Jeff Springer, who seem to do a lot of documentaries together. They're like a duo.
1: So. I mean, I can get behind that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's narrated by one John Waters. Oh, so good. It made me so happy. <laughs> I'm like, who else could have narrated such a weirdo cast of characters and whatnot? I think he did an amazing job. It made me very happy. Yeah. You know who would have been really good? Christopher Walken. Oh, the Walken would have also been very good. Yes. yes. That would have been yeah. very entertaining. Yeah. Maybe that's our new business venture. We'll represent people who could do narration and documentaries. Yes. Mm-hmm. We don't know any of these famous people, but still, no.
0: Like yeah. you need to branch out a little bit and do this <laughs> is what you need to do. Voice actors, yes. <laughs> okay, guys. So I had no idea what the Sultan Sea was, even though there was a Val Kilmer movie called The Sultan Sea back in like the late nineties, early two thousands. I didn't see it, so I don't know if it had anything to do with the Sultan
1: Sea. Erin, mm. what is the Sultancy? Sea? So the Sultan Sea. Let's say first it's about 50 miles from Palm Springs in California, Mm -hmm. and it is a giant man-made lake, really, in essence. Um, They call it the Salton Sea because I'm pretty sure you can see it from space, and that may qualify something as a sea. Oh, absolutely. It has nothing to do with gallons
0: of water. It's absolutely how far away you can see it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you.
1: Let's start first with the history and how it got there, shall we? We shall. So in 1901, somebody decided to develop a divert in the Colorado River to somewhere called the salt sink which is in the middle of a desert. And they wanted to do some farming, some land sales, blah, 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 blah. Um, so they were good until they had a silt blockage in the canal, right? Mm-hmm. So when engineers at the time attempt to fix this, And by that, I mean, they just get a bigger one, as we all know. (laughs) As we all know. (laughs) (laughs) They had a complication because there were also very heavy rains and the cause of flooding. And all of that caused all of this water, again, from the Colorado River, which is also a large body of water, caused a big collection of water at the low point in salt and sink So that's sort of where it came from initially. Right. And so... Because this flooding
0: was really inconvenient for the railroad people, (laughs) uh, they got together (laughs) with the government and tried to stop it. But it took like 16 months for them to stop this water from diverting into the sink area. Mm -hmm. So it flowed in there for quite a while. And you end up with, what do they say, it's about
1: 35 miles long and 15 miles wide, this sea. Yeah, that's what I have as well. So especially as like they were like, "Eh, we'll just let it evaporate. It'll go away." But it didn't. <laughs> it's been hanging out there for a minute. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, because runoff from all the farms flows into there. And then they discussed later that even so now the farms will order enough water for a season, but they order more than they need. And so when they use what they need and there's some left over, they just kind of let it release it, and that goes into the the sea as well.
1: Which I find interesting because it's like, can you not just save that water for next year? Or does it get weird or something? I don't know. I don't know
0: where they're holding it and saving it. It might get stagnant. and
1: Yeah, nasty. Certainly that resolves when they let it go into the sea because that's not stagnant and nasty at all. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so if you think about it, guys, this there's a lot of nutrients in the soil there, which is why they wanted to farm it to begin with, right? Because the Colorado River had diverted in and out of this area for a while, leaving a lot of nutrients, so the soil was rich for farming. But it also means that some of those minerals are going to be in the water. But then you have farm water running off, and if it's used in the farming, there's a lot of minerals that they use for fertilizers and stuff that also gets put in there so you have a really high mineral concentration not just salt
1: in this water right there's no outlet for this water so it's not like kind of a revolving door of water it's just water comes in comes in comes in and then evaporates so there's not really an outlet for a lot of that stuff like there are a lot of other bodies of water
0: right most that are naturally formed has some kind of circulation right water's coming in from one place it's going out another place this Mm -hmm. has no circulation it's just there Right. So they decided in what, around like the 50s, Mm -hmm. they were going to make this a resort. They wanted to make it like Palm Springs. But Palm Springs, although very rich, doesn't actually have a spring of any kind. There's no water there that I'm (laughs) aware of. So Mm -hmm. this is all desert. So now we have this lake,
1: sea, because it's salty, I guess. So they're going to make it a resort. Mm hmm So one of the first things they decide to do is they're going to stock it with fish. So in 1951, they go to San Felipe, which I don't know what that is, but that's where they got the fish. They did some seine nets, they gathered up some stock, Mm -hmm. and then they put it in the sea. Mm -hmm. Now, thankfully, whatever they chose, tilapia and others were suited well for this environment and they were able to multiply quite a bit they're really happy there yeah. and in 1957 they're talking about catching the first of the fishes mm-hmm. um, so it's seems to be a, a good move so far
0: yeah I was surprised by that because I was waiting for them to say it didn't work because you're taking them from an ocean environment into a desert sea which is like 120 degrees in the summer I just didn't think it would work but here we are millions of fish later. So
1: yeah I mean they didn't really talk about the biodiversity much here or kind of what the micro population is because I mean if there's lots of minerals that might be good for smaller things and so there's stuff for the fish to eat blah 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 but yeah it doesn't sound great at the beginning. They begin to put uh, boat landings in and they have all kinds of interest in the fishing. And so that brings in folks and all that kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. they are starting to lay the foundation for all of the recreation stuff that's about to come next. Right. So
0: now it's becoming, like you said, recreational, you have people coming to vacation Mm -hmm. there to swim there, to boat, to ski. They build a yacht club. I don't know that there were any actual yachts on the sea, But a yacht club just sounds fancy. So that's what we'll call it. It does. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And of course, developers are like, this is is it. This is a new thing. So they buy (laughs) up all this land and they kind of subdivide it out as subdivisions do. And they decide Mm -hmm. they're going to sell off the lots. Now they don't build and sell off. They don't sell with a requirement to build. They're just selling the land to get money. And these people are also buying the land to then sell and get money. So it's just a transfer of land from person to person to person, and no one actually builds
1: very much. Right. Right. And there's a lot of great promos in this, like old-timey 60s era promos, which is super fun to watch. I love it so much.
0: It doesn't seem I real, right? It seems like a... No. I mean, it is a movie, but you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> yeah. And they are... um, I don't know. They're just... I don't know what they what real estate promos look like now, but this just smacked of timeshare, (laughs) you know, stuff. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Someone was stuck in a room for three hours. It was a free bus trip there. They had to sit. They got free food.
1: That's what it was. Yeah. They did talk about at the height of all of this, it was a bigger draw than Yosemite. Right. Which was like kind of shocking i know but what do you do at yosemite i assume you just go and see that one geyser or whatever and even that might not be at yosemite i don't know
0: if you just camp (laughs) right i mean it's not like here you've got water anytime you have a water as a draw i feel like you're gonna get more people there for summer
1: shenanigans well one of these doesn't have bears that's where i'm going to be absolutely and that's not yosemite (laughs) so
0: no bears no buffalo Yep. The 60s was really good for tourism. They brought people in by the busloads, literally, to come tour the place, get buy land and everything. There was a lot of, I guess, it's shenanigans going on. But that didn't last forever. So in 1976, there's a flood. And it takes out docking marina at the yacht club. It takes out properties. It takes out land. It takes out a lot of stuff that was just, it was going to be too much to replace. And so I think the interesting thing about that, I mean, it's all interesting, but not everyone thought it was a natural disaster. Some thought it was I think a rival with Palm Springs, it's like, listen, we got to take these guys down. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. They're getting too close. Right. Yeah. The flooding was caused by a couple of different things. I mean, as we discussed earlier, the farmers would order more water than they needed. And then when they were done with it, they would release it. And so that's going into the sea. But then also they had back-to-back years of really bad tropical storms which just dropped a ton of water into the valley. And again, there's no outlet for this water and it can only evaporate so much. You'd think in the desert, that'd be a lot, but still.
1: Yeah, I was really surprised to hear that they had tropical storms in a desert. I was surprised, not that they reached
0: the desert because it's not very far inland right so if you have a tropical storm mm-hmm. storm coming okay. in i understand how it but normally you don't get many tropical storms on that coast because the pacific is so much colder than the atlantic like the atlantic ocean is where you get most of okay. them because of the weather um the water temperature is a lot warmer some geologist is going to come on here and tell me i'm absolutely wrong but i'm pretty sure that's why they don't get as many on the pacific side
1: I feel like our geologist friends are going to be excited that they got a mention. <laughs> love loved podcast? So. Yes, and I think if we had
0: geologist friends, we would actually call them out by name right now. So if you want to be our friend and you're a geologist, yes, we will
1: we will name drop you every time we can. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So they try some sandbagging and all those kind of typical things that people do to stop rising water, but it just wasn't effective because it was way beyond what they could protect against so yeah a lot of washing out of um structures and stuff and it just was never replaced and so it looks very <laughs> ghost towny. y and so yeah really sad
0: it's not only like ghost towny, but it's like stagnant water because some of it is pooled in areas that are no longer mm-hmm. attached to the sea right and so you have these big puddles yeah. of like, yeah. rusty water and it just screams tetanus lives here and even though i know that's not in rust but still right my, my favorite part is there's one lady named petra she's uh, a thousand years old i swear to god oh so so old yeah she's the best necklace i've ever seen and i love it so much
1: well she's also got the greatest like smoker's voice ever well and that's because you never see her without yeah. a cigarette so it's
0: legitimate smoker's oh voice. absolutely yeah <laughs> And um, you can tell she's she's been outside in that sun every day of her life. She might be fifty. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but she said that in 1981 they got a dike in, and I was thinking some rad butch lesbian came in and just fucking shored shit up. That's not what she meant. She right. meant they built a dike no. <laughs> to keep the water out.
1: That's not you're right. I also jumped to that conclusion. Yeah, because uh, she doesn't seem like a tolerant individual, Mm -hmm. and so I was like, "Oh, are we saying that here? Okay,
0: (laughs) so right." And I was I was ready for this lady to just come in town and take care of business, but now it was the women of this beach town because there are several around the sea, different towns. This particular one, the ladies came together and essentially fought and fought and fought until they agreed to pay for the dike to protect them from further flooding. And then other towns got upset because they did not get one as well. And she was like, well, you didn't ask. That was her response.
1: Right. So I love the fact that women came together and got it done. Yeah. But it's sort of, there's a real theme of competition between the different towns and the shores mm-hmm. around here they kind of all shit on each other a little bit and that's sort of funny <laughs> right so this this particular town
0: is bombay beach which is on the east shore mm-hmm. this is more of your working class area there does tend to be quite a few people living in this area considering the pictures they show us seem very desolate and then you see there's quite a few people
1: mm-hmm So they talk about the rent is cheap there because land is cheap there. Mm -hmm. And so I think they get a lot of people from working class that are trying to find a cheap place to live and raise their kids. They do a lot of on the street interviews of some of the people that are just out and about. And oh, boy, are they a sight to behold. It's like they've never been on. I mean, like they cannot wait to get on camera. (laughs) And they're just spouting off all kinds of stuff. And you're like, oh, my. Okay. Okay.
0: So. Yeah. So let's keep in mind the older generation, the 100-plus-year-old people, essentially, because that's <laughs> what they seem like. They're all white. Very, very – well, they're tanned from years in the sun. But they are of white descent, European descent. They came to buy their homes early on because this is where they're going to live and retire and whatever. Right? Right. The younger generation seems to be predominantly black Mm -hmm. and they're lovely. Like we meet LaShawn and she's talking about, she's so positive and so upbeat. And she's talking about how she moved there with her aunt because her mother was killed by her mother's boyfriend. I hope not in front of her, but so she went to live with her aunt her aunts like, I'm not going to raise my, these kids here in the city. They were in LA. And so they moved out there. Um, LaShawn got pregnant. She kept her son. And so now she's raising her son there. And she's like, we don't have gangs here. We don't have violence. They can grow up and be kids. And I thought, oh, that's pretty fucking awesome.
1: Yeah. I think she's a funny cat because she also talks about all the death around there. She's like, look, everybody in every house around me, uh, some guy died taking a poop. It was not great. I yeah. yeah. So she's she seems to be the tea keeper of this whole joint. Yeah.
0: By the way, the house of which the person who shot himself to death, (laughs) that's for sale in case anyone is looking for a good property.
1: Right. But they have several people that are saying, yes, it's cheap to live here, but also it's hard to find a job. So um, a lot of these folks are on welfare, which I think is tough, you know, because I think you get the impression that they've got some time and they would like to work. So,
0: Right. But okay. even if they had a job, they're in an area where there's probably not a lot of daycare options either. But the younger generation seems to have formed a pretty good family group. Mm -hmm. They seem to really take care of each other. Some of the black women discuss the prejudices of the white community, which uh, we hear from their mouths straight out. So that's not questioned in my mind. But as their own community, they seem to be doing pretty well as far as it goes, like supporting each other and helping each other. So if if they needed daycare from one another, I'm sure they probably are able to step in and help each other out and probably do.
1: Right. And I mean, they seem to be trying to make the best of things because one lady says that she would really like to have more stuff for the kids to do. She's like swimming and Fishing and stuff is fine, but we only have one park for these kids, and they're also cutting and showing footage of these kids playing soccer in what I would describe as a vacant lot, so I don't know if that's the park or not, Um, but it's like, you know, this is a, a meager place to live, right? It has not got a lot of bells and whistles here, so it just kind of paints a picture of, you know, there's not a lot of prosperity in this area. Which can also
0: lead to depression. And deaths, like they said, it leads to drinking. It leads to drugs. Um, They do seem to have a lot of drinking there. Some seems recreational. Some seems medicinal. Whatever. Petra, of course, says they have a lot of empty lots. And she doesn't like that because the kids play in it. She, out of her mouth, said... Some of the black kids are just delightful, but others are a problem. And I thought, just the black kids, not just kids in general, can be crazy fucking hellions? Probably.
1: Yeah. There's a kid named Flaubert there. And I just have to point out that kid because he's got the greatest name of all time. So.
0: I'd be interesting to know how they pronounce it because I think generally it's a French name pronounced Flaubert, but I'm not sure if they just call him Flaubert.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, there is a little girl that they're talking to her about. And the kids, the kids say, if anybody asks me for drugs, I respect myself. I'm not going to say yes. And I'm like, who's asking a eight year old girl for drugs? <laughs> like, it was just really funny to see like that part of it. I'm glad they're saying no. All right. Right. Nancy Reagan is thrilled. Absolutely. But I'm like, you don't start with the older people and then get to the kids. I don't know. Well, and it was always one of those
0: things that if it's really pushed on us in middle school and high school that listen, people are going to try to force drugs on you, and I'm like, I have never in my life sure. had drugs forced on me. I have said no to drugs a lot, <laughs> and people are like, "Cool, sweet, more for me. No one has ever questioned it. No one has ever fought me on it. No,
1: how weird, yeah, yeah the propaganda that I was raised with prepared me to say no far more often than I had the chance to do so. so. <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. Can we talk about hunk daddy? Please, please can we? <laughs> oh my god. So this guy has and I know we're not naming everybody in this thing, but he is remarkable. Um he's got a bit of a rockabilly look about him. Yes. Like a like a pompadour hairdo. <laughs> yes. And I mean he seems to be like well dressed and stuff. There's some people that are interviewed that are talking about him. And one lady's like, look, he loves women. Doesn't matter what kind of women, he loves women. And then they show a picture of him mooning the camera with his tidy whities But here's my biggest problem with that is he said, hey,
0: girls, look, and keep in mind that that young girl that just said she wouldn't do drugs because she has too much self-respect. She's like 10 and Flaubert himself and LaShawn, they're all standing outside the fence and he drops Trow and sticks his ass in the air. And I'm just, oh, I threw up in my mouth a little bit. And I'm like, you are sketchy as fuck, dude. Did
1: you notice that his, he's wearing like in essence like a blue block or sunglasses situation. Mm-hmm. One lens was orange and the other lens was yellow. They are two different color lenses.
0: I didn't notice that
1: so weird
0: he's so weird and let's so they they kind of explain his weirdness away because he's hungarian and apparently they have a very large hungarian population there to which one cat i did not get his name because i didn't care enough about him to get his name he's like i bet they're russian <laughs> you know? Like, okay okay
1: well like if they say they're hungarian why are you trying to like
0: yeah he's like if you listen otherwise if you know, listen to the really really language i'm sure it's russian i'm like i'm pretty sure they sound fairly similar anyway yeah so he was part of like the uprising in the 80s and so i don't know if he's part of the actual army or just like a freedom fighter but he had to escape hung hungary even Hungary is not even a country Hungary. Yeah. <laughs> um for safety to come here and survive, but he loves America. he loves everything about it, even his smelly yeah, salt and yeah
1: yeah he he's a bigger fan of America than Americans. He does make that clear and I'm like, I'm glad that you found something that really makes you happy, my dude mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah
0: seems like a weird place for Hungarians to congregate, but whatever.
1: I mean, I always think to myself, those populations of people that go to the weird spots so everybody else will leave them alone. I kind of wonder what drove them there. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, marginalized or whatnot. So. Uh, agreed.
0: Let's see what other little areas do we have around? We have Salton City, was actually supposed to be like the main resort city. And it's like nothing. It's nothing. Like there are people still buying up property every time it becomes available, just so it's ready to sell because they're just they know it. It's it's
1: right around the corner. It's going to turn. It's going to get better any day now. Yeah. So a big theme in this for me was property value, right? So there's a lot of people who are buying up lots and the lots seem to be extremely cheap. Like one lady was talking about, you can buy a lot. It's got, I mean, this is in the suburbs, right? That are built around it little. It's got sewer. It's already hooked up to sewer. It is ready for you to buy a, a water main situation. Like it's ready for you to buy a water thing and then, and you can buy it for $3,500 cash. No checks. And that seems so cheap. Yeah. Absolutely no checks. Like, <laughs> they're not crazy. So I think there's, you know, a desire for people like, I'm going to buy low and sell high. There's all kinds of people who are trying to flip this land. And it's so funny because originally they are like, I hate all the people that came in here originally and did the same thing that we're doing now. Right. They're the worst.
0: Yeah. And mm-hmm. them, we're totally different. Yeah. Yeah. My thought was, it looks pretty dry out there, so fireworks might be illegal, so I might have to buy some
1: $3,500 land and go live there. I think it's really hard to understand, too, because there are absolutely gorgeous views in this documentary, and then there are the most horrific hellscape views also in the same documentary, and I'm like... Wh- do I have an option? Like, do I, if I look to the left, is it hellscape? And I look to the right, it's beautiful.
0: Right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Cause they had some, it's in a valley, right? So you're surrounded by mountains, which is lovely. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like some of the area you have, I, I didn't get the name of the rich area, much more, affluent area you could see bigger houses and there are not a lot of houses but there are bigger houses right on the water
1: if that is nylon it might be is that where the cafe is that's where the yeah, cafe kind of is, wondered is if that's maybe and so these piers
0: right on the water there and people have their boats there it does it looks beautiful just like a regular lake but then yeah you go to the other areas which are less affluent and that's where you have like the stuff that has been abandoned and left there because they don't have the means to get rid of it. I get that. Yes.
1: So alongside these property value problems, there's also a lot of ecological problems in this area. So um, you had mentioned briefly at one point we were talking about the smell and the smell may be influenced by the fact that there are some very large fish die-offs that happen every great one. I mean, not every great once in a while, but like seems like every couple of years or so. And it's fish dying in the millions because the population of fish is so large. So I mean, they're talking about, and there's all kinds of pictures of it when it's bad because it seems like the news comes in and they're like, oh my God, another fish kill the Salton Sea. And it's just gross. And so it's kind of has that, it's known for that. And I don't know what they do to deal with that
0: i don't either and they talked about the fish so one place had mentioned 7.6 million fish one year had died off in like a day and yet they have such a high population that it doesn't really affect the level of fish that they have in the sea so it gets so hot that like we said in the summertime it's like 120 plus degrees sometimes and you have this really high salinity and with the runoff of the minerals. So oxygen can't get into the water very well. And so the fish are dying because they're suffocating essentially. And so that's a big problem. I don't know what they do to remove them all. That's a lot of fish to remove and get rid of. And where do you put them? What do you, I mean, their incinerator is very small, but part of the problem is, is the fish die off and then They rot and they contribute to the minerals in the water, which then contributes to the algae, which grows and blooms, which cause smells as well. And it's just kind of the cyclical problem. We also have, they said in 1996, it started and it's every year since then. They had a bird, bird starting to die off due to avian botulism. And again, it's... It's kind of a cyclical problem. These birds die and then they, you know, rot into the water, which the botulism gets back into the water and then the fish eat it. And then the other birds eat the fish and the maggots and that has botulism and it kills the other fish. So,
1: right. And they're talking about, they've instituted policy where they're going out to different locations in the lake and collecting Um, dead birds, they collect birds that are sick. They're trying to manage what they can. And it seems like it's a real bummer, but they have found some ability to treat the birds so they don't die. And then, you know, then you've got a whole nother problem. So they're treat the birds and seven out of 10 birds can be saved. And Mm -hmm. so they go back and do what, what birds do. And then the ones that die, they are incinerating them in a crematorium, basically, which they do make sure to tell you is the same kind that they use for people. And I was like, I don't know that that was necessary, but thanks. Listen,
0: in case you need to get rid of someone, it's there. I'm just saying. Right. For your use. So, yeah. Yeah. It is nice that they have a way, they can't really mitigate it entirely, but they do have a way to, you know, check and make sure once they start seeing dead birds, They really go in full force every day and go out and make sure they're getting the dead birds out as soon as possible, catching as many live birds as possible to treat them. And so they can save a lot more of them. It's, you don't have this huge catastrophic disaster like you did in 96, which is good.
1: Yeah. And I think one thing to talk about too, is that the birds use this area because a lot of the wild, like the wild wetlands have dried up in the time since the Salton Sea was accidentally created. So the Salton Sea is filling a purpose um, and the migratory birds and stuff are coming there to, you know, do what birds do. If the sea ends up drying up, because that's probably another giant theme about this is that if there's not getting, they're not getting enough water to replace what's evaporating and stuff like that, it will eventually go away. But then what happens to the birds? There's nowhere really else for them to go, which is a problem, you know, kind of an environmental issue. So a little bit sticky there.
0: Right. And I think that's something people don't think about because one guy was saying, well, you know, the birds will go find somewhere else and it'll be fine. Everyone will be happy. I'm like, I don't think that's quite how it mm-hmm. works.
1: <laughs> it's really nowhere else for them to go. Right. So if we're going to kind of talk about environmental issues that are plaguing the sea, basically it comes down to they're not getting the water supply that they once did If you consider that it's being diverted from the Colorado River, I mean, that's initially how it got started, but there's a lot of demand for water from the Colorado River because there's not only the Salton Sea that would like to have that water, it's everywhere else along the river as well, settlements and cities and whatnot. Um, So there's kind of a constant battle, if you will, for that resource. So the Salton Sea is not winning, right? So they're like, it's going to be a problem. I think it doesn't get a lot of love. I still don't think that it's um, being taken seriously. And so they're kind of trying to get the message out. Like we need to resolve this in a way that keeps the sea around. Cause if we don't, it's going to fuck everything up for everybody else.
0: Right. Although no one's going to do anything until mm-hmm. it starts fucking up rich people's lives. I'm going to point that out. I here. mean, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, the problem is, is that, each state and city and area has their own allotment of water, right? There are all these things in place to say who can get how much water. California has used most of their water because as these California and surrounding states have longer and longer droughts, there's less and less water to go around, but they still have this huge population to support. And so, yeah, they're you know, talking about diverting water, even the runoff water, to cities like San Diego and LA. So that runoff water that keeps the supply in the Salton sea is now being diverted elsewhere. So they're not getting that replenishing water like they used to.
1: Mm -hmm. And people don't really give a shit about it. Right. Because they're like, so what if it dries up? Like the birds are one problem, right? There won't be birds. Um, And that could cause some ecological issues. If you care about birds, if you don't care about birds and you care about your pocketbook, The issue there is the Salton Sea dries up and the winds are such that they'll cause dust storms that are full of alkali dust and it'll blow it into Palm Springs and you won't be able to be on the golf course that you paid a billion dollars to be a member for. So it's sort of like if you don't want to do what's right just because it's the right thing to do and you want to, you know, kind of maintain, you know, the affluence in Palm Springs. You better do something about this. So.
0: Right. Maybe take some of the water you're using to keep those golf greens green. <laughs> put it back in right. the and Sea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have had some representation
1: working to get this mm-hmm. rectified. Who was that? Uh, it was one Sonny Bono. Yeah, it was. And can I ask you a question? Yeah. How was he a thing? Like, he's not good looking. He doesn't really seem to be able to sing very well. Is it just because he was associated with Cher? Because yes. she's stunning.
0: And has an amazing voice. Yes. Uh, he, yes.
1: He sounds like, um,
0: actually, I heard, I was listening and writing at the same time. So I wasn't watching him. And I just heard his voice. And he sounds just like this guy I work with. And I was like, oh, I did not realize that until just now. So now I'm going to have to let Phil know that he sounds just like Sonny Bono. <laughs> no. Yeah, he has a real kind of high-pitched it's just a weird voice. Yeah. But he became, like, the mayor of Palm Springs or something. And then he went on into Congress. So he started started small and then went into Congress. And that was one of the things that he wanted to do in Congress was to try to work to save the Salton Sea. He was getting some traction. He was getting people to listen. They were getting ready to pass some bills and such. And as Bobby said, I think Sonny was good for the sea. Unfortunately, he went skiing. It's <laughs> like, oh, that's some dark humor, Bobby. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's been a minute. I think it's, I, I just, it, yeah, it caught me off guard as well. It was like, yowza. But yeah, he uh, went skiing. There was an accident and he passed.
0: Right. But they continued to push it. We see one Newt Green- Gingrich. Ugh announced the Sunny Bono Salton Sea Restoration Project. And they wanted to clean up the sea to help get the recreational sports back, to help the fishing, um, and also to help the migratory birds. But it seems like after all the hubbub was over and they all kind of left, nothing happened.
1: Right. So the money that was guaranteed either never materialized or it just was not enough to actually deal with the problems with which they're trying to rectify. So I think people got excited that they're like, Oh, finally our day has come. And so again, that kind of uh, brought people in and they were buying property kind of getting ready for the boom. But of course the boom never really happens. So yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of the same old situation for the Salton Sea.
0: Yeah. Every, everyone is still kind of just waiting, bated breath. And his, Sonny Bono's wife is now, well, as of this, 20 years ago, um, was in Congress and was still pushing that forward.
1: So trying to get something done. And I thought it was interesting because they talked about um, there is some precedent for that dust cloud situation because I guess there's a dried lake bed, Owens Lake, and it went away and it plagues L.A. Like there's some issues with dust coming from there, so it's sort of like here's a situation where you could prevent some of that. So I, I also think it's important to kind of talk about this is not just um, a lot of times I think scientists get a bad rap because they're like we think this is going to happen, and people are like that's your cue, like it's that's fine, but here's like a good example of the fact that they have some proof that it it could. Well, I thought one of the things that was really interesting is
0: that. You have one group of people here that really are buying up property, waiting for the boom, waiting to sell high and make their big fortune and really pushing to get this to happen. And you have another group of people, those hundred plus year old people who are like, we don't want more people to come because people bring crime and problems. We would like it to stay just like this.
1: Yeah, that's definitely one of the dichotomies because until people get there, the property value is still going to be in the toilet, right? Because there's definitely some people who are like, I can't sell this house and use that money to buy something else somewhere else. It's just not going to translate very well for me. And I'm kind of stuck with it. So yeah, it's really hard to understand what the future of this should be. Well, one thing that might bring some tourism,
0: I mean, you guys look out, it's Salvation Mountain. Salvation Mountain! Ooh, there's an artist called Leonard, Leonard Knight, oh and, uh, he's doing it for God. He's building a mountain. There's a whole lot of stucco. There's a whole lot of paint involved. It looks pretty tacky if you ask me, but whatever. If it brings people in, I think it's great. But Leonard seems to think this is going to bring in like millions of dollars in tourism. I'm... Um, I don't think that's quite going to happen.
1: So what this looks like to me is like a very well-intentioned mom is trying to make cake that she (laughs) found on Pinterest. And a cake turns out and it's lumpy and it's iced. And that's what this mountain looks like to me. is a lumpy, iced Pinterest cake that didn't go to place.
0: It's very odd looking. And he keeps going and going and going.
1: And, uh, I mean, I guess it's good to be dedicated, right? He seems like a mm -hmm. very genuine human being. People are bringing him paint. People are bringing him supplies. And he's like, I keep all the bright colors for the flowers. And it's, it's very cute, but no. Correct. In my drive across
0: the country, I will stop to see the largest ball of twine I will not stop to see this. Absolutely not. You know what I'll notice as I drive by, though? The naked man on the side of the road. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Be forewarned. (laughs) Should you decide to watch this, which I highly... Oh, it's just great. There's a man. I guess he's the resident nudist. His name is Donald. He's on the roadside, like, waving at people. He says he's an environmentalist and he's completely naked, like wiener out and everything except for his shoes. And I'm like, yep. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He, he says he doesn't want sex from people. He doesn't want clothes. He just wants friends who will let him be himself. He just doesn't like
1: clothes. Look, he's a hundred years old. I'm glad that he doesn't want sex from anybody. But his wiener is real tan, like the rest of it. Right. Because I was but, like, is he is he unclothed? It is unclear. And you really have to be like it's a trick on the yeah. eyeballs there for a minute. But yeah, it's out there.
0: Yeah, and that's that's not something my eyes were prepared to see on a Sunday morning. I'm just gonna say it was it was there, I was shocked, and I moved on. But that's uh yeah, trigger warning for all mm-hmm. of you. Old yeah. man penis. Yeah. <sighs>
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm.
0: Not nearly as funny as the old man getting his penis cast for the phallic museum.
1: Yeah. I mean, you got to have proofs, quoting fingers. So, um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. Still my favorite. Oh, goodness. Um, Let me ask you a question as we're kind of transitioning. What was your take on the pollution Mm -hmm. here? Is it polluted? Is it not polluted? There was a lot of uh, comments on both sides.
0: Right. You have some people who are like, well, I eat fish every single day and I'm fine. And I'm like, well, one anecdotal point of evidence is not a study make. But so I think yes and no. Some people were talking about sewage being pumped up from Mexico, which seems like a long way to take sewage. If you're going to get rid of it, when you have the ocean right next door, if you're just going to dump it somewhere without the sake of paying attention to where you're putting it, you know?
1: Yeah. That's like a conspiracy theory situation. Yeah. (laughs) Right.
0: Right. We might as well say Saturn's dumping their sewage on us, but also because of the flooding. And so it floods into homes. It floods into residences. It it kind of takes some of that into the water and and the water is not flowing. Like we said, it's not fresh. It's not getting fresh water in and out consistently. So anything that goes into it stays in it, which is part of a problem, right? So anything that people happen to throw in there, well, it's going to live there forever. So I don't know that it's so polluted that you couldn't swim in it anywhere, but I think there are some places that probably are less safe to swim than
1: others. There's definitely like some state parks and things like that have been set up here. So there are some people who know what they're doing that are doing water testing. You know, normally if people are fishing, there are reports published. I mean, that's my experience. Um, You know, they do sampling of the fish. They kind of check to see what the levels of different toxins are and then they publish a report to say you can eat five fish out of this river every year or whatever that's how it works here in indiana but it's just sort of alluded to that it's safe they never ever actually talked to any experts so i was like i'm like i feel like i just walk in there and come out with a massive yeast infection i don't know
0: well, funnily at the beginning, I think Karen was like, "Listen, it's got a real high salt content. It'll heal your skin entirely." And I thought, or give you
1: a flesh eating bacteria. Either one, it's a draw. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay, I don't feel good about this. Yeah, so yeah. it left me wanting to know more about that.
0: <laughs> Correct. If I were going to go spend a vacation there and get in the water, I would do some research ahead of time. I don't know that I'd take my own pool test kit, as it were, but I would definitely do some research.
1: Um, What else did you want to talk about? Let's talk a little bit about the future. Let's talk about the future. So, you know, we talked about that this is a story told in 2004. So at the time, the information was current, but that was literally 20 years ago. So we poked around a little bit to see what state, you know, what the status is of the Salton Sea now. And... It's not boomed Mm -hmm. like everybody has hoped it did in the last 20 years, but I think that there is some hope on the horizon that some of the environmental issues will be dealt with. It looks like there was some money um, made available for some projects due to the inflation. One of the inflation bills that passed at the end of last year. So that's all. That's all I have for you. Like it's hopeful (laughs) just like uh, the property people that are like, riches are just around the corner for me um that's sort of the take that i got like yeah there's going to be some restoration to hopefully stem some of these problems and um maybe there is still a future for the sea right i did like that they had some good ideas
0: i mean one of the the cats was a wildlife refuge or biologist expert type person and he was like they talked about different things that they could do that they use in like Israel to get some salinity out or even just somehow allowing fresh water to come in and out. So you would have to like man-make canals. So water's coming in and out. I think that would be the best thing that they could do to get some flow of water in and out of there. But it takes time. It takes effort. It takes money. And again, until it starts affecting the people who will
1: scream the loudest and make it happen, nothing's going to happen. So I think it's funny because they did talk in here about like, I don't know if the Salton Sea has another 30 years. And I'm like, well, I think it's still there. And we're almost 30 years away from when this documentary was made. So we said 20. (laughs) So it is shrinking. I mean, they're not keeping up with the water levels. So that's not great. But yeah, I'm hopeful that there'll be some progress and they can stem that loss. Yeah,
0: hopefully. There were some lawsuits that they had to try to get the water back. So they weren't diverting it so much to the cities, but of course the cities have huge populations versus this lake that no one cares about. So I'm sure they lost those lawsuits. I didn't look into it, but
1: I'm guessing it didn't go in favor of the Sultan sea. Right. It's, it's difficult to understand some of that because yeah, money talks and they just don't seem to have enough money. So I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed the documentary. I of course love a bunch of weirdos this is not going to be on my list of places to go to <laughs> you know so i don't know what were your feelings i agree i
0: loved the documentary it was quirky and weird there was a lot of um, historical videos and promos which i loved so much and it just uh, it wasn't i don't know what i expected but this wasn't what i expected i uh, i don't think i'll be visiting either although i, I very rarely see need to go to
1: California at all but you know here we are I've been I've done it it's fine yeah I mean it's an interesting it's an interesting conundrum right like it was an accidental thing that benefited the area at least for a time and then because man-made things don't always go to plan it kind of fucked that up and then people forgot about it or just ignored it that's just an interesting story arc right
0: well, I mean, it's human nature. If we ignore the problem, it'll go away. It <laughs>
1: Yes. Never just goes
0: away, guys. Maybe
1: that's what I should Ever. think about that pollution stuff. Like, if we don't measure it, it's fine.
0: Oh, then it doesn't exist at all. I think that's what we've learned from COVID. Oh, if you don't yes. test for it,
1: it's not there.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Love a that. What a hurting. great plan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm dying to know who your honorary Aaron for the Week is, even though we didn't really talk about all the characters. Yes.
1: Okay, so I picked Steve Horowitz, who was the naturalist at the state park. The biologist, yes. I did, and I picked him because he was like a voice of reason throughout this. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I know when Aaron would be coming in, they'd be like, did you guys really think this through? Or yes, how are we going to deal with this in a, in a way that makes some sense? And I love that about him. So like, I feel like he's the one sane person in like a hundred mile radius. I don't know. Yeah. So, True. Yeah. I didn't necessarily pick the most
0: sane person, but I That's okay. I picked LaShawn because, listen, she was very upbeat, even though she's like, listen, people are dying, but it's cool. People are cool. She actually said at one point when her friend was talking about the racist white people, she said, yeah, sometimes they're kind of crazy, but other than that, they're chill. And I was like, all right. All right. I can dig it. And she's, she's just trying to raise her kid in a good environment and get shit done. And I
1: just loved her attitude and her personality. I could get behind that. Like, I'm just trying to do the best I can do for my kid and my community. And that's, you yep. know, it's not great, but it mm-hmm. we're working on it. So it's I love that. Yeah. Yep. She was cool. She's cool peeps. Loved yep. her. Okay. That was a lovely adventure. Twas. So what are we going to do next week? Okay. So we're going to stay on our little trend here of weird stuff, because we enjoyed that the most, I think.
0: And we're going to do <laughs> a
1: documentary called Killer Legends, a 2014 release, about an hour and a half. And I think we can find it on, There's here's a few options for you, Peacock, Tubi, or possibly on Prime, where I will buy it and not rent it twice, as has been like, <laughs> my thing in the last couple uh, weeks when we've done that. So yeah, do you want to give us a little description about it? Yeah,
0: I think it's Pretty much, I don't have it pulled up, so I'm going to wing it. Mm -hmm. Love that. I think it's pretty much talking about urban legends and kind of how they came about and some of the true stories they might be based on. So Mm -hmm. we're working on Halloween in the middle of summer is what we're doing.
1: I mean, I think the summer is a good time for like horror movies and collective things, like the things that scare us as far as society goes. So I think that's kind of tapping into some of that as well.
0: Well, and I did just go to Days of the Dead. Which is a horror convention. And it was amazing. Everyone is so weird, but so nice. Like, everyone was so friendly. It was surprising because you have people dressed up like the Terrifier clown or whatever that weird movie was with the crazy, crazy clown. And they're like, I'll be like, can you know where the bathroom is? Oh, yes, up the hall to the right. You know, I'm just, they're just so friendly. I loved everything about it. It was so good. I spent so much money there, you guys. <laughs>
1: Love oh, that. God. That was me at Pride when we went earlier in mm-hmm. June. So, anyways. So, yeah, please join us uh, for a review uh, discussion on Killer Legends. I'm super excited yeah. about it. So, yeah, me too. So, come find us on Instagram
0: and Twitter. Go Doc Yourself. We have a website, godocyourself.com, and rate, review, and subscribe. Leave comments, leave messages, leave suggestions. We've been called everything but white, so really, it's hard to offend us. I'd prefer <laughs> right. you not call us horrible things. Right here we are. Don't try.
1: Okay, Uh just <laughs> be kind, be courteous. But we we do like to talk to people, so yeah, that'd be lovely. Yeah. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll talk to you next week, guys.
0: All right, ladies. Bye.